I have been learning some great lessons about gardening recently, just through the stuff that my mum's been doing out in the garden in the in the plant pots. And although I'm not a green fingered person, although I am not a specialist on this, there are certain things that you can observe that are really, really important. But the one important and probably the most fundamental learning is simply this. Fruitfulness is a process and successful growth when it comes to a plant requires a thoughtful approach and an intentional preparation. So it just doesn't happen by chance. And it's the same spiritually speaking. Now, Jesus has something to say about fruitfulness, about plants, about seeds. And I'm going to invite you to read together with me Mark chapter 4, another one of the parables of Jesus. You remember, if you've been watching this, that over the last few weeks we looked at these parables, which are simple, subversive, spiritual stories. They are stories that Jesus tells that people can understand and very often he explains the meaning to them, but I have a truth that gets under our skin. And here is another one of Jesus's famous parables or stories. Mark chapter 1 verse 4. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered round him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables and his teaching. And he said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear grain. Still others fell on good soil. It came up, grew and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60 and even a hundred times. Then Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables and he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables. And then in verse 13, Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then you will understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, this deceitfulness of wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it and produce a crop. Thirty, sixty or even a hundred times what was sown. There is a great truth in the spiritual realm 
that links to the truth I was telling you about the physical realm when it comes to plants. And dear Carson, brilliant Christian scholar, talking about godliness, holiness, he says this. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith, and even delight in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indisciplines of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we have escaped legalism. We slide towards godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. So what he's trying to say is that in the spiritual realm, unless we are intentional about what we sow, there'll be a consequence to what we reap. If our seed and the process of growth isn't, an environment of growth isn't healthy, the fruit will be problematic as well. I love the way Jesus is improvising. He's outdoors and the group of people there is so large, so he has to improvise and get in a boat and get off the shore so he could have a really bigger audience and people could actually listen to what he was saying. It's almost as if, as we had to improvise in COVID-19 times and Zoom became such a wonderful way to try to gather people together and virtually be in a room where we can see people and hear one another, although physically some of us would have been at a very far distance. It's amazing what an act of being willing to improvise brings in terms of spirituality. And Jesus is talking to the disciples and to all those who were gathered using this simple parable. And the focus is really on hearing and listening. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit has to say. Now, the question is, a lot of the times we can hear things, but we aren't actually listening. And you can see that in our own lives and you can see it in the spiritual realm as well. I often have the question, why is it that some people can read the Bible or hear a sermon, hear a brilliant message, and they are not impacted by it? Sometimes some of my friends have, have heard what Jesus has to say, but for some reason they don't seem to respond to that. And often I find myself as a Christian hearing a challenge that the Spirit of God brings from the Scriptures, from the Word of God, and yet I am not responsive. What makes us responsive and what makes us unresponsive? What is actually going on in this whole situation? It's really challenging. Paul David Tripp writes about, excuse the pun, a trip that he took to the museum with one of his sons. And it was actually not a museum, it was a National Art Gallery in Washington, D.C. And this is what he describes about what's happening. As we made our approach, I was so excited about what we were going to see. He was definitely, decidedly unexcited. But I just knew that once inside, he would have his mind blown and he would thank me for what I've done for him that day, inviting him to come with me to this art gallery. As it turned out, his mind wasn't blown. It wasn't even activated. I saw such things of stunning beauty that they blew my mind. 
They brought me to the edge of tears. He yawned, moaned and complained all the way through the gallery. Room after room. With every new room, I was enthralled, but each time he walked into new art space, he was just begging me to leave. He was surrounded by glory, but he never saw it. He stood in the middle of wonders, but he was bored out of his mind. He saw everything, but he saw nothing. His eyes worked well, but his heart was stone blind. He saw everything, but he saw nothing. And that's what happens with spiritual truth so very often. The key point of the parable that Jesus is bringing across, if you listen well, not just hearing, but listening, you are likely to live a life of fruitfulness. But there are some enemies to listening well. And this isn't just about ears, it's about hearts. And there are certain things we must avoid. And here are the three that Jesus is pointing out. First one is a hard-hearted, stubborn heart or hard-hearted, stubborn listeners. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed and he was scattering the seed. Some fell on the path and the birds came and ate it up. And then he explains in verse 15, some people are like that along the path where the word of God is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. It's amazing that actually, and it's the first thing that strikes me, is that this farmer is not pragmatic. And a near eastern ancient farmer would have had a leather bag on his shoulder and he would just put his hand inside and pick up the seeds and just scatter them. You didn't have a, a GPS driven air conditioned tractor or other farming device that does the sowing in an incredible way. No, he had to do it by hand and he had to do it. And to me, it seems like he's so gracious. He's so liberal with his scattering. He doesn't just think, oh, I'm going to get some good crop here. He just scatters everywhere. Maybe it was just the easier way to do it. The reality is, while he seems to be illogically generous, some of the seed falls on a path that is flat. It's beaten up. It's trodden on. It's walked over. And the seed just lies on that flat surface. And it's easy prey for the birds to just come and pick on it. And Jesus is saying, this is what a hard-hearted listener is like. The heart is hard. It's a hard surface that doesn't absorb, that doesn't let the seed of God's word go inside and, and take root and bring fruit afterwards. It's just hard. And the fact that Jesus talks about this path makes me think that maybe it's almost metaphorically as if people just walked over your life. Or maybe there are so many people that walked over your life. It's not just the fact that you were walked over, but the fact that it's so many opinions, so many ideas, so many steps that you just become hard hearted in all of this. Jesus is saying some people are like seed along that path. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes it away. The problem is, if we are hard hearted, Satan 
who is so eager. The, the Bible likens it to, to, to a roaring lion that's looking for a prey. In this situation, Jesus is using the analogy of a bird that just comes and picks up the seed. Satan is eagerly waiting to make sure that that seed doesn't fall into a good ground and bring any fruit. So the message is conveyed, but it has no impact. That is a big challenge. It reminds me of a married couple sitting at a breakfast table and the man was reading the paper saying, honey, they must have been Americans. Listen to this news item. A study was done that shows conclusively that women speak twice as much as men. And the wife replied to him, well, we women always have to repeat ourselves because the men aren't listening. He just lifted his eyes up from the newspaper and said, what do you say? This one thing to hear and another thing to actually pretend to hear. And very often the hard-hearted are just rejecting that ability to hear in this situation. Very often in life, we must make sure that we adjust our attitude. That stubborn resistance make it very difficult. And I think there are so many reasons why we could be stubbornly resisting and be hard-hearted in this. The first one is probably fear, the fear of change. Some people just don't want to hear and they're resisting receiving the seed of God's word because they're afraid that their life is going to be messed up and it will be messed up. Once you start following Jesus, you, your values change. You, you begin to join this upside down kingdom where you're not after number one. You're not looking after number one. You're not after yourself. You're not into yourself into what you can get, but you become changed in your mindset. And some people are just afraid of change. Other people, as I was suggesting with a metaphor that Jesus using, maybe have been so abused and walked over and manipulated in the past that they're saying, no, thank you very much. I don't, I don't trust. I don't want any change because they've been hurt. Other people are just cynical. And again, probably they've been through so many situations and so many difficulties that they're saying, you know what? I don't think this thing works. I'm not even willing to consider it. So they just reject the message altogether. What makes a difference to this path? If this path would have been ploughed, it would have been a ground that would have been receptive for the seed. I just want to say, be attentive to moments and seasons of ploughing in your life. Because that's the time when God is making us more receptive to his word. And I dare to say that this season, this COVID-19 season, could potentially be that season where God is doing a plowing in our hearts, turning things over a little bit, creating dissatisfaction, maybe bringing up that pain and that stuff that's just messy and frustrating that makes you realise you're not in control of your life, that makes you realise Man, there's got to be something more to life than what I thought it was. Maybe that's a season of ploughing. So this is a time to pay attention because it's an important thing. And that's a challenge that comes to all of us in this kind of situation. William Barclay was saying that Christianity fails to make an impact on so many people, not because they are hostile to it, because they are indifferent. They think that it is irrelevant to life and that they can get on well enough without it. 
And again, for me, this is a call, a wake-up call that makes us realize we are so vulnerable. We are so powerless. We need God. Otherwise, we can't make it. The second category is the faint-hearted, superficial listeners. This is what Jesus is saying. Some of the seed fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came, the plants were scorched and withered because they had no root. Verse 16, when the explanation comes, others, like seeds sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they do not have a root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of that word, they quickly fall away. Now here there's a change. There's a really good start. The seed this time doesn't fall on flat ground. The seed falls on rocky places. And it springs up quickly. So that's promising. It seems like this is exciting. There's something going on. But then, because it hasn't got enough soil and because the roots cannot go down, when the sun comes, it just kills the plant. And that's talking about shallowness. That's talking about faint-hearted listeners. The seed of God's word falls into our heart, but it doesn't really get down to get some roots. And when the first moments of pressure come, we kind of just go, yeah, I thought Christianity was easy, but it's difficult. I thought God was going to be my glorified Father Christmas that does everything that I want him to do. And we get disappointed and we bail out and walk away. That's the faint-hearted superficial listener. The problem is there's not enough soil. There's no room for roots. And the problem is when there's no room for roots, there is no resistance. You just don't have longevity. You'll get destroyed very easily. And the adversity comes in, in the parable. It's the sun in, in the explanation. Jesus is saying is persecution. And therefore, because of the superficiality, you just don't have longevity. Now, what does it mean? Superficiality comes when we, and I think this is a really important point, is when we hear God's word, there needs to be a meeting of our emotional, intellectual, and that sense of practical, when they all three come together, intellectual, emotional, practical. And that's when the change, a comprehensive change begins in us. A shallow understanding of God's word is when only one of them is touched. We need to be comprehensive. And very often it's the emotional that is touched or the intellectual that is touched. Some people think, oh yeah, that's a good, that, that's a great message. It's a, it's, a, it's a great new philosophy. It's a great new paradigm. It's a great new way of thinking. But it doesn't, they don't realize that this changes the way we behave. And the way we feel about things. Other people just embrace the emotional. When they say, oh, it feels good. It felt good. I was in a meeting. I heard this word. It, it seems really good. But, but then in the end, it just doesn't bring anything. And when you don't feel the emotion, you just walk away because there are no roots. So it's important to have this connection between the intelligence, the, 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 the intellect, the, the emotions and the practical things. 
The other reason why it can be superficial is because sometimes you can hear a false gospel presented, a false Christian message, a false understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. And very often it's a self-centered consumer message that is saying become a Christian and everything in your life will get aligned absolutely brilliantly. You get the most beautiful girlfriend. Your family is going to be absolutely fine. You get the best job. You'll drive the best car. Everything will be just great. Just become a Christian. And that's a false gospel. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus is inviting you, first of all, to die to self. Jesus is inviting you to leave your old life, selfish life behind and to let him come and clean up your life of everything that is selfish and harmful, not just to you, but to other people and to begin to follow him and live for him. You're not a boss. You're not a king. He is. Well, a lot of the times the Christian message that is being brought isn't that. And then when people realize when they open the scriptures and they live the Christian life, whoa, whoa, that's different. I, I, I'm not driving a Porsche. I, I'm not having the most beautiful girlfriend in the world. Uh, I, I'm not liked by everybody. I'm not making the most money. In fact, they find the opposite. Very often people hate them because they follow Jesus. Their morals and their ethics change and people go, whoa, 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 we don't like you. You're not popular anymore. That's a, a false gospel. And therefore, people walk away. It's important to have the real message that Jesus brings. And I want to say, if you're exploring Jesus, go slow. Don't take any pressure and really check it up and embrace depth. Really go for 100 percent. Don't have a sense in which you're kind of just having a little emotional response and you know, then you walk away from it. No, let it affect your whole being, your intellect, your emotions and your actions, everything. And then the other thing is expect troubles. I'll be honest with you. Living for Jesus is not easy. It's the most wonderful life that I could ever live. And it's satisfying, but it's not easy. And it doesn't bring happiness like the world defines this. But it's a wonderful life. It really is. And let's make sure that when we present the gospel to our friends, to our neighbors, to those who don't know Jesus, and we tell them about Jesus and about following Jesus, we are truthful. We, we don't make a sale. We, we don't hide things or cook up things. We tell the truth. Because otherwise, the roots will never go down. It'd be a rocky ground. And it'd be a faint-hearted, superficial listener. Here's a third one that we need to avoid, being a half-hearted, compromising listener. Verse 7, others, other seeds fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants so they did not bear any grain. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, heard the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, that's verse 19, and the desires of other things come and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Once again, this is wonderful as a start. They hear the word. It starts to grow. In fact, they grow a lot more than the ones that were on the rocky road. And they definitely grow when the ones that were on the path weren't growing. So it seems to be promising, but it comes a point where, where the thorns and thistles and weeds are just choking the life of the young plant that is there. I'm discovering stuff about weeds, not through Google or Wikipedia, just real life. Listen, weeds are just crazy. Nobody plants them. They spring up and you pull them out and they come. And often they come more and more and more. And they really do affect the healthy plants. Here's the crazy thing. You don't need to water them. You don't need to tend to them. They've got a life of their own and they're vicious. 
you can tell I'm angry. And it's such a, a, a crazy thing. Sometimes their roots go so far down. It's mental. They go so far down and they're so hard to pull. And very often you pull, but you don't get a whole root. And guess what? It comes back again. That's what Jesus is saying. This is what is happening here with the half-hearted compromising listeners. And he is explaining what are those weeds. And the weeds are other loves that compete with our love for God. And he gives examples. Worries of this life. So when your family and, and, and job and even ministry in church can be the thing that you're into and it's bigger than your relationship with God and it takes center stage and it gets hold of your mind and heart and you're all about that thing and about that worry. Jesus is saying, be careful because you can't listen to the word of God and you can't apply it because it chokes out. Every time you hear the word of God, it just gets choked. And all you can think about is that worry, 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 worry. And it just goes on and on in your mind. The other one is the deceitfulness of wealth. When people are just pursuing careers and possessions and, 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 and pleasure and everything that will give them more. And again, that's why often we don't have time to sit and read God's word. We don't have time to come to church, to listen to God's word. We don't have time to go to the small group because it's job, it's family, it's making more, it's getting the bigger this and the bigger that. And Jesus is saying, be careful, because that's a weed, that's a thorn, that's a thistle, that's going to choke the word of God. And you hear the word of God, but in the back of your mind, you're thinking about a project of work that you've got to finish. And the other one is just desire, desire that just eats you up. And that could be a hobby, your obsession with, with, with your sports club, your obsession with another person. You know, if you're not married, if you're single, you've got a girlfriend, you know, you're just so into them. You can't read God's word because you're just thinking about them all the time. And when you sit in church and you listen to God's word, all you're thinking is about them. Or it could be a conflict. It could be something that just takes your attention so much from everything. And Jesus is saying those things. Just bring a divided attention, which brings divided loyalty. That's why the word of God can't get inside of you, because you've got a divided heart and a divided mind, and you're just focusing on other stuff, and you're trying to fit God in, and it just doesn't work, because you will get choked up. I remember hearing the story of two friends working, walking through Manhattan. Uh, one of the friends was a Native American guy, and at one point as he was walking through Manhattan, he, he, he heard the uh, uh, the tweet of a certain bird and he points it out and he, his other friend was quite mesmerized and in a terrible racial stereotyping said oh it must be some of the skill that you have and the guy says no he says i'll prove it to you and he just gets his hand in his pocket and gets all of some coins and just dropped them on the floor straight away some people came looking for the coins that have fallen down and he said no it's all about what you are attentive. It's all about what you are listening to. That's what you will hear. And again, if our attention, if my attention is divided, if my mind and heart are divided, it's going to be very difficult to focus and the weeds are going to choke the word of God. So there's a big question about how am I spending my time? What am I investing my emotions in? Where do I put my money? Because all those things 
time, emotions, money will tell me what's the other love that's competing with God's love. And maybe there's a question, how much does God get out of my life? That could lead to another question. What do I need to eliminate? What are the weeds that I need to take out of my life so that actually when I receive God's word, it can take deep roots? The great news, as Jesus finishes the story, is that one of the categories falls onto the right ground and it brings fruit. But here's the kicker. It doesn't just bring fruit for one plant, but it brings fruit with an exponential growth, 30, 60, 100 fold. And that's the beauty of the work of the Spirit of God using the scriptures. When that seed falls into our right environment, into our hearts, the growth is exponential. It's off the scale. It's unexpected. It's mind blowing. And the fruitfulness can impact the lives of other people around. Eric Weinhenmeyer is blind. But on May the 25th, 2001, he reached the peak of Mount Everest. He's suffering from a degenerative eye disease and he lost his sight when he was 13, but that didn't stop him. On a mountain where 90% of the climbers never make it to the top and 165 have died trying since 1953, Eric succeeded. And the key to his success was the fact that he listened really well. He learned to listen to the bell that was attached to the person in front of him and he could understand the distance. He trained his ear to listen to the sound of the pick jabbing the ice and therefore he would realise where he was and whether the ice was safe to proceed. He listened to the calls from his other team members that was shouting to him, deathfall two feet away to the right. So he knew what to avoid. The key was listening. And you know, in our life, as we take this perilous journey, that is that mixture of avoiding the crazy fall and going to the amazing summit, we need to listen to God's word. We need to have hearts that are willing to hear. Young Samuel, just a boy, kept hearing God speaking to him and he thought it was his mentor, Eli, speaking to him. And he kept going to him saying, did you say anything? No, I didn't say anything. It felt like a pantomime. But at one point, Eli realises this was God's voice speaking to Samuel. And he simply says to Samuel, look, when that happens again, just say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's the position. That's the attitude. Let's say, God, give us soft hearts that will be so receptive to your word that you can change us and bring fruitfulness into our life. That would be a joy for us and a blessing for others. Amen.